And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, guys, you're here with Josh Thompson, Big John McCarthy, and producer Dave. Okay. Podcast Dave. Podcast Dave. That's his handle. You want you guys to understand that's the last time I'm ever going to say that ever again, okay? Because I've already built him up. That's a lie. When I first met him, he had like 10 followers on all of his social media platforms. I think he's got got a couple thousand. Yeah, he's got probably about 14. (laughs) Yeah. We've outputted the coverage. 14 is his limit. Yeah, I think think we're at like, how do you have now? Like 2,000? Almost. Yeah. Play on, play on. (laughs) I love it. Um, All right. (laughs) So look, um, let's talk about the controversy over the weekend. The number one to me was... um, was Diego Sanchez legit okay, basically just asking, you know, like, can I talk to my corners <laughs> first? Can I talk to my corners first? Okay, that was one. Two okay, is – go ahead. I want to talk about his corner oh, and his corner work and who this guy is because there's just issues there. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you know how important having good corner people there is to a fighter. Yeah. And you you listen if you listen to what was being said to him first off it was kind of out there his freaking corner then told him that oh the fight was even after the second round. Yeah, that was and strange to me. Strange. It's criminal. <laughs> it wasn't even close. <laughs> it's criminal. Oh, it's man. it's absolutely I always tell guys, man, if you if you are not 100% your guy beat that guy, man, it's close. I don't know. Yeah. You, know, you could have lost that round because you've got to have your guy going out there thinking, hey, man, I, I have to win this and or, you know, I'm doing good, fine, you know, let me just continue with what I'm doing. But you're also got, you've got to give him, you know, I understand what he's saying, you know, and Trevor Whitman said some things about it, you know. When he's saying take a V, I understand what he's saying. I've heard that in training. Yeah. I understand. You know, it, it's all about the lateral step and what what you're going to do. But he's not giving him good advice because Diego was not in that fight in the first two rounds. Yeah. He was getting killed. And, you know, this whole thing of putting his hand out the way he's putting it. And you're going, man, you know, he I, I, the way there's just something different about him completely now. The way he walked in, and I call it the cocky rooster look. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but people got to start looking about you know how many fights is enough fights. And, and I hate to say that about mm-hmm. someone, but you know Diego, Diego's you know he's been a warrior you know his entire career, no doubt yeah. about it. He's tough as hell. He's got no quit in him. I hear a lot of people talking about oh he quit. No, he basically made a business decision that was the right decision yeah and that's the real thing here you know you look and you go do you realize you know even though his corner man told him oh you you were you know you won the one round no well he at least knows i'm getting the dog snot beat out of me in this round and he took a big knee to the body he got hurt he was reeling back you know he's losing that round and that round's getting closer to going towards the 10-8 in the third round and when he gets fouled, it does cut him. So, you know, people, I've heard people say, well, it didn't hurt him that bad. He didn't react badly to it. I will give him that. But it doesn't mean it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean it didn't affect him. And he's looking at a situation of, am I going to win this fight? Nope. 
He's not going to win it. And that means he's going to get half of the pay. He made a he made a basic six-figure decision standing in that cage of I can't see. I I I can't go on. Now, the real question is does he deserve a win off of that? Let me ask you. What do you think? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's unfortunate, but if you go based off the rules, yes, he does deserve the win. The other thing as well is his opponent is is known for doing crazy wild stuff. And he let the moment he let the moment get ahead of him, and that's what happens. In that situation, you have to think to yourself, my the guy that I'm beating, he's gonna try to find any way out. So I've got to be careful and cautious about doing things like that he did. So when he who hit him in with, the hell yeah. is in fucking Michael Pajaya's corner yeah. that or in his training room who is not telling him, hey, you can't do the this yeah. thing because when you land it, it's gonna be illegal. The backflip. If you land on top of a grounded opponent mm -hmm. doing a backflip and your feet hit the freaking opponent, that is an illegal stomp. You're going to be fouled. You're fouling your opponent. You're going to be penalized for that foul. I don't care what it looks like. You are doing stupid movements that are not going to be legal if they land. He did it against Tristan Conley and missed, but if it had landed on him, it would have been a foul. He did it against Diego. If he had landed it, it would have been a foul. It's like, who is telling you what the rules of MMA are? And Because he, there's no doubt he intentionally threw the knee. Mm -hmm. But he did not believe that Diego was a grounded fighter because his hand was not on the ground. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck is telling you what the rules of MMA are? Yeah. Who's the idiot that has explained this? Because you can see he's going down on both knees like, hey, look, at he. this is the way he was, and he's right, which means once one of those knees is on the ground, he's a grounded opponent, but he actually believes that that's a position he can knee him to the head in. Yeah. I, 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 I look at a couple things. Uh, I was having this conversation last night with uh, with a friend of mine, and we were talking about, this is a this is the exact reason not to have open scoring. This is one of the good reasons because if you have open scoring and the guy says, "Oh, I'm losing by two and I got illegally need," now it's a good opportunity for me to take away out and get the win. Sure, that's one way of looking. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying Diego said that because here's the I'm not saying he did that on purpose. Or what I'm saying is with Diego, he could he's been kicked, knee punched, all those things. His his whole career has been stand up, act like everything is okay. It's, it's whole career has been that, you know, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. The bottom line is though, he could have been, he could have been in some fog. He could have really been rocked and knocked out. He got cut, you know, anytime you get cut, that was a good shot. Yeah. And so for him, for him to say, he's like, no, it was a foul. I'm done. The only thing that was a little suspect to me, I think from my end was when he was asking if he could talk to his corners and, you know, and like, do, do I, and I think I heard him over say like, do I win if, if it's a DQ. Yeah. So when you yeah. hear that, you're like, you know, that, that taints it a little bit. I think had he just been like, hey, I'm not literally like that was an illegal shot. I got rocked. There's blood in my eyes. Like, let me get my wits about me and it's, I still don't feel good. No, I'm done. I, under, I would understand that 100%. But this is, I think, a good reason when people, we were talking about this, what, just last week, right, for the Dominic Reyes fight about how we should have open scoring. But this is a good reason not to have open scoring because now the guy knows that, hey, I'm losing by two and I can get out of this fight with a DQ and win and go home with my win money. 
So when people talk about like, hey, the rules are this way and that way, and this were the only sport that doesn't have open scoring, blah, blah, well, this is a reason. This is, could be one of those reasons why you know you don't you know, we don't have open scoring. Well, you could hear when Diego asked Jason, and let's talk about the whole thing and, and what Jason did because I've heard a lot of uh, opinions about it. I and, thought he uh, did a great job. Okay. Maybe you're going to tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> but well, I thought he did a great well, job. The first thing I want to say is Jason was well within his right to do everything he did. Nothing he did was wrong. Let me interrupt you real quick. Let me, sorry. Go no, ahead. Let me, yeah. You have told me this on numerous times. Is Sure, you're not there to take sides, but you're, you're also there to kind of make sure that fighters have an opportunity to continue to fight by you just kind of like telling the 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 doctor, let's let's give him a second, let's give him some time That's to clear right. his because the doctor's gonna be quick to say, "Oh, he said he can't see." No, let's not fight. Yep. He says, "Let's give him a second. Sometimes you just gotta wipe the blood away, cure, clear the cobwebs out." And you're not picking side. You just want the no. fighter to have the opportunity and the chance to really get his wits about him before the doctor comes in and goes, "Hey, yeah, so let's uh, this is done. It's over. Waving it off, and then it's fucked." You know, and the guy yeah. just spent eight, ten weeks giving his life to fighting. And then the doctor comes in and throws it away like the kid in New York for Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that so I just wanted to preface it by that. Like you were talking about what, what uh, Herzog did. And I'm like, I, I thought he did a great job. He was just trying to give Diego an opportunity, a chance. And knowing also, to who the fighter is. Diego's one of those guys that he'll fight through almost anything. And last night, mm -hmm. different situation, or Saturday night was a different situation. But... I'm saying normally you're like, look, this is Diego. Diego, like he takes shots, he comes back, you go back, you watch the Gilbert fight, and he took some big shots in that fight, oh, came back and almost finished Gil at the end of the of the third round. You know what I mean? Like, so you gotta keep him in the fight because he will potentially get a win in weird ways. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. Jason, you know, when you're when you're saying that, here here's the question when people say, Oh, you're you're helping that fighter. Would Jason have done the exact same thing in reverse if Diego had had fouled Michael? Yes. Why? Because he's trying to give the fighter the most that he can give him in keeping him in the fight if that's possible because that's what he's there for. And there's guys, you know, they get hit. I, I do think that, you know, with this, it was a business decision made by Diego in that cage, and it was the right decision business-wise for him to make. You know, this is, you're talking about a lot of money, Josh. You know that. Yeah, I know. And the the way the UFC pay structure is, he's getting half to show up, and he gets half if he wins. If he doesn't win, he's losing, you know, and because Diego is up there in dollars when you're talking about a guy that's been there as long as he's been there. He's making, you know, a good six figures to show and a good six figures to freaking win. That's a big decision. Do you want to, that's a hundred, you know, we'll say it's a hundred thousand dollar bet, $150,000 bet. Mm -hmm. You're going to take that bet that you're going to beat this guy in the next two minutes of this third round that you've gotten your, your butt kicked. Nope. He made the right choice as far as that. But let's take a look at what Jason did and what he could have done. Cause there is differences. What Jason went with and he had Diego asking him, is this going to be a DQ? And Jason, don't worry about that. Well, that's the right thing. You don't yeah. answer the question. I saw people going online and telling Jason, you needed to take a point right away. That tells the fighter that there's not, you know, that, you know, it's not going to be a DQ. That's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. All right. For a referee to immediately, anytime, 
you see a referee immediately taking a point once a foul has happened, walk, grabs a hold of that fighter and is taking points, you're seeing a referee that's making a huge mistake. The more knowledge, the more time that you let go by, the better your decision is going to be and the more accurate you can be because it's the same thing. You don't take a point and then disqualify. It doesn't yeah. happen because you already yeah. took the point. You penalize the fighter with the one-point deduction. So what Jason did in that respect, absolutely spot on. You don't make the decision until you have all the information. What he could have done differently, if he had decided, and looking at it, I do believe that Paella doesn't know the rules. Now, whose fault is that? Well, it's multiples. Well, it's his it's fault. It's his fault for sure. It's his fault. You know, that's, that's the heaviest load. If you have a question about what the rules are, ask him. If you don't know something, ask it. He can do that in the back with the referee about what is a grounded fighter. They're going to explain it to him. But with it, Jason could have said, I believe that the knee was thrown intentionally, but I do not believe that the fighter thought that the fighter was in a grounded position. He thought that position was legal. <clears throat> could have said, you know what? I'm going to take two points. I have a foul, and I also have a cut caused by the foul. I'm going to penalize him two points. And Diego says he can't go on. We go to the scorecards. I have the judges score what part of the third round they saw. Wow. And we go to what's called a technical decision. And with that, even I, even though I took the two points, yeah. Pejea is going to win the fight. He's going to win it 28-27. All right? Or maybe 28-26 if they said that that's a 10-8 round in the third round. Yeah. So that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is... I can sit there and say, all right, I believe this was intentional. I believe that the knee strike caused this injury. I believe that there's a damaged fighter based upon it. And I believe that he's not being able to go on, not so much because of the knee strike, but because he's playing this entire situation. And I can say, hey, I'm going to go to the scorecards. I'm going to have the judges score that third round. Because it was an intentional foul, that means that Diego Sanchez cannot lose this fight. It means that he, the, he can win it if he wins it on the scorecards, but Pajaya cannot win the fight. He can lose it if he's behind on the scorecards. So what would end up being, if Pajaya was ahead on the scorecards, we would have a technical draw. Neither mm -hmm. fighter would get the win, and they can try to come back and do it again. I hate that. I hate, I hate when that happens because <laughs> then the promotion saves money on both ends. Well, yeah, you know, as that, a fighter, that part, just like that oh. part's not not fun, but that's yeah. the way to look at it. So, but the one thing you know that is absolute, Jason Herzog was well within his right to disqualify Pajaya for the action. It was intentional. Diego can't go on. I think Diego was smart in what he did. He's uh, he's always proven that he's a warrior. So I take nothing away from the decision that he made. It's a smart business decision. Move on. Yeah, my my. Uh, <clears throat> let me let me go on to the next part. The next part is this: if you're the promotion, what do you do? Like you just <laughs> saw. I mean, you've had this. You've had Diego for years. He's been he's been amazing. Like he's he's fucking always been a dog. He's just a guy that oh. comes in there, just a junkyard dog, gets after it, yep. throws down. Fucking, he's amazing, right? He was just a he was just a co-main event basically on this on this show. Let me ask you though, you hear something like that from him, you see that he's he's obviously not 
at the top of his game anymore, what do you do with them? You keep, you know, like you keep paying them the money you're paying them. Do you keep doing what you're doing? See, that's what I was asking. You know, that's what I was talking about at the beginning for you. It's when is that time? And you know, it's like we talk about BJ, you know, you could see the, the, the loss of the technical skills and abilities with BJ. They started to degrade and you could see it and you could see as he was going through his fights and, you know, and then when, when he fought Yair Rodriguez and, you know, I got that assignment. I didn't want that assignment. Yeah. I was like, damn it. I don't want that fight. Cause I, in my head, I go, I know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I asked Sean Shelby, I said, man, why are, why are you doing that to him? Yeah. Why are you putting him against this guy? And he, you know, he, John was as honest as he could be. He says, John, he's making a ton of money. Yeah. I can't put him against guys that he's going to walk through because then he's just going to want to make more money. I've got to put him in against real competition. And that is part of, you know, when you make big money, like Diego, you know, you got to be put in against real competition. But there comes that point, and this is what scares me with the whole situation with Diego. He is, he is a dog. He is a guy that, you know, he's a junkyard dog who will go for it every time. He, you know, he does some crazy things as far as what he says and stuff, but you know he's going to show up to fight and give everything he has. He was giving everything he had in that fight it was just against a guy that was bigger stronger and skill wise diego is on the decline that guy is he's still on the rise and they just crossed at that point where diego's experience wasn't what's going to get him through in this fight and you you've got to look and say the other part that scares me is he's he's no longer with the camp that he you know basically was with. He was with started started off with Greg Jackson, ended up going to Iberio and was with him for a while. Came back to Jackson, and now with who he's with, what is what is going on here that's going to help him in that next fight be better? What's what is going on that's going to make him improve in some area? or at least keep himself at the level that he's at without degrading, I don't see anything. And no. that's what scares me. That's what that's what brings up concern of he doesn't have, at, at least in my opinion, I could be wrong, he doesn't have the right people right now around him to help him keep that career at least going along on a, on a horizontal level. Yeah, you got to <clears> – <throat> I've said this a couple times where – the the amount of money you make is based on who you're gonna end up fighting. So if you yeah. people are like, oh, this guy's fighting cans, maybe he's not making a ton of money, and maybe he's waiting till his next contract negotiations. Like, no, there's no reason for me to fight the best guys making fifty and fifty. Doesn't make any fucking sense. <clears throat> I tell young fighters that are eager to get to the top, they're like, oh, I want to fight this number two guy, number three guy, and I'm like, you ain't making number two and number three guy money. So don't put yourself in that situation yet. Fight and the, be careful the, what you wish for. Fight all the easiest fights you can get while you can. Because once you're at that top and you're making that kind of money, there's no way of going backwards. It's they'll just cut you. They'll let you go. And I've said this like is um if I'm if if someone works for me and you ask me for a raise and I give you a raise, okay, and you're doing your job, and then all of a sudden now you're not doing your job at that that standard, I don't decrease your pay. I just fire you and let you go and bring somebody else in. And that's exactly yep. the situation that 
that they're that these young guys are in. <clears throat> so when these guys are making money, like Diego and other guys that you know that are making money, you've got to fight the best guys. And if you don't fight the best guy, or not the best guy, you got to fight tough competition. If you're not fighting tough competition, then I'm not paying you that amount of money. The yep. thing that has always bugged me though about the UFC, it's always bugged me, was the fifty. Oh, this is UFC bashing. I can no, hear it. it's the fifty-fifty pay. <laughs> It's I the know. it's the fifty fifty pay. It's not right. It's not like I don't train any less hard for me to go out there and fight. Like like if you give me eighty twenty, I'll take that all day long. Seventy thirty out of him and Hall a little bit, but I'd still be on board. You know, like hey, you know, but, but I still train just as fucking hard. And for something like that to happen though, right? Where Pahea was winning the fight, gets lands a knee, just being stupid. I it's yep. you get caught up in the moment. You want to get him out of there, whatever it is. And he seems a little you know suspect. Like a little off, <laughs> oh, but, but he's still fun to watch fight. He made a mistake. What an yeah, made a mistake. You know, he's huge for the weight. Good God. God I was like, I don't, I don't know how he makes the weight. Sometimes he doesn't, but it was, uh, <laughs> but he was one of the, he was one of those guys. I, he's one of those guys. I, I, I look like, man, there's the sky's the limit for you, but yeah. he got stuck in a situation where he probably made half his purse because of that. and was dominating the fight. Oh yeah, and so when I I look at all the things that have happened to me over the years, there's been fights where, you know, um, I've kneed someone or kicked someone in the nuts and this and that, and I'm like, I, I'll give you an example. I fought Kid Yamamoto in Hawaii, and I kicked him in the groin in the second round, broke his cup, couldn't continue. That fight got me in the UFC, but that fight also was, I was only scheduled a nut, a nut shot, a nut got shot. you into the UFC. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that fight though was a fight that. Um, I was only going to make like one and one, like two. I made two grand for that fight. It was nothing yeah. back then. It was, some, it was a lot Yamamoto. back then, but yeah, against Kid yeah. Yamamoto, it was one and one. I was only going to make one grand because I got basically it was it was a nut shot. It was no contest. Got pushed to no contest. Luckily, the promotion was like, you know what, you had a, it was a great fight. We you know whatever they they paid me the full purse. They didn't have to though. Like if it was the nope. UFC, they'd be like, nope. Here's your you know, <laughs> That's nope. business. And it's not just the UFC. Other promotions probably would have done the same exact thing. No, you well, no contest. We, let, let's put some uh, backing behind this because the whole purpose of that 50-50 in when the UFC was coming up, the whole idea behind it, and this is when, uh, at, when Dana came into a play at UFC 30, they had the idea that, well, that's going to make guys go for it. That's going to make them really fight and try to win. So so the whole idea for the USC was, hey, we just think this is going to make guys, you know, really put on exciting fights. Mm -hmm. I think guys have proved at this point they put on exciting fights. They, they, they go for it. They try to win. And it's time for that, that system to go away. I love the fact that the UFC does the bonuses. That's great because if you do put on that incredible performance, kind of like, you know, Scott Holtzman put on, you know, that's that was a great he deserves. He gets that extra fifty thousand dollar bonus. Awesome. You know, that's really great that they do that. But it would be nice that to know that in that situation the losing fighter is still getting that full purse because mentally that's the amount of money they're making. If they're told that they're gonna get forty and forty or sixty yeah. and sixty, trust me, in their mind I'm getting hundred and twenty thousand dollars. They're not yeah. thinking of sixty and sixty. No. Yeah, the the one thing that always kept me with Strike Force was this: is it was heavy um, show money. So I was making, let's say, I'm making a hundred grand show money, and I made another, you know, like another forty or fifty if I won. 
But then also, too, on top of that, they would structure a finishing bonus. So if I got a submission or a knockout, it was another 30 or 40 or 50 on top of that. So, I mean, Ooh, every, yeah. so yeah, I mean, so then, sure, everyone kept talking about UFC backroom bonuses. You were never guaranteed that. I was guaranteed no. in my contract. Very if selective. I finished the fight, I was guaranteed another, you know, 40, 50,000 on top of my win bonus, as well as my regular show money, which was always show heavy. So for one fight, I mean, you could end up walking out with 200 grand if you fought and you were able to get the finish and the win and everything, you know what I mean, like that. So it made it a little bit, there was, it was tears to the structure of how they did it. And that's what I always appreciated about, about them. Everyone kept asking me like, oh, you should go back to the UFC. I'm like, I don't make as much, I won't make as it's much money, money there. It's about money. It really is. And, and I also knew at the time too, that Gil and I had something going with each other that I think that we could have built, we, we helped build a promotion around, you know, and that, that is something that to me was, was always more important. I always enjoyed being part of something new rather than being part of something that was already there. And to be somebody that can help build something like when we look back at the UFC, I look back at the UFC and I think to myself, who are the guys that really helped build that promotion? You have Hoist, you've got Ken, you've got Don Fry, you've got like Marco Huas, you got, I mean, the guys that stick out in my mind, Mark Coleman, obviously, like there's guys that stick out in my mind, but those are like the legends. You got Vitor Belford, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. There's guys that go through my mind. They were some Tank of the Abbott. Tank Abbott. There's guys that just you remember, right? And then to think when yeah. I mean obviously no one no one ever thought Strike Force would get bought out, but I think about in terms of I was one of the first. You know, it was me, Kong, Frank, and Gil. It was like we were the four guys, you know, and it just was uh it was one of those things I, I always wanted to be the guys to help start something, not just jump on board. The other part that was great for you guys in that situation you were all from the bay area yeah. it was a bay area promotion with scott coker you he was putting on his fights in san jose at the time it was the uh hp center yeah but you know that was it was the perfect situation for all of you guys yeah. and to be to be part of something like that that's it's it's special it's yeah. cool you know and it's um it, it doesn't come around that often that one worked so, um, so what, so I guess to wrap up the Diego talk is yeah. he made a good business decision. We agree, I thought so. I, we agree on that. And people have to understand, they have to understand the business side of it too. That's why he, we're talking to you guys about this is that the business side of it is that he probably he's only going to get paid half. You're making a $150,000 bet with your life. Like he lost, he would have lost probably about a hundred something thousand dollars had he taken yep. the L. So he made a business decision smart yep. and people may hate on him or whatever, but it, when he goes to the bank Especially tomorrow, for a guy who got knee to the head, he's making he's making a smart decision with the freaking uh, a chingus on top of his head from a knee. Yep, great and job. The guy that shows he, the, when he showed up tomorrow at the bank, he didn't give a shit what you guys think. No, <laughs> exactly. he's like cash no, that check, didn't. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he's that's what's going through his mind right now. Um, you know, there was that. I mean, baby got a new pair of shoes coming. Yeah, he needs he needs to um. He needs to either suck it up and go back to Greg Jackson's, he needs, or he needs to find a camp that really. He needs can. to reevaluate. Yeah, he needs to reevaluate. And then the, as a promotion, yeah, you you got to start asking yourself when is enough is enough. You know, if you want to consider yourself the biggest promotion in the world, you got to start taking into consideration what's best for the athletes as well. Now they do a lot of things that do that, but this yeah. is one of those scenarios where you have to look and say, hey, you've done everything you've can, you you could have done in the sport. You're on the decline. You're not going to be champion anytime soon. Like, what are we doing Come it on. for? We're doing it for the money. I get it. Like, well, let's let's put you in the Hall of Fame, 
and let's move on. You know, um, whatever. Let's try and use you in avenues of other ways. You know, maybe try to put yeah, be an ambassador for him. Yeah, an ambassador, something like yeah. that. Almost. And he's been he's been a company guy from the beginning. You know, absolutely. And he's amazing, man. Fantastic, so fantastic. You know, for but, that for that promotion, he's been incredible. Yeah, but as yes, for that promotion, he has. I start wondering though, is is he attached to the identity of the UFC? That's what scares me with guys that continue to fight for a long period of time. Like their their identity is wrapped in to what the it's into the UFC name, and it's not Diego Sanchez. It's UFC Diego Sanchez. It's Ultimate Fighter Diego Sanchez. It's you know the Ultimate Fighter you know champion Diego Sanchez. It, it he's wrapped up in that scenario in that situation. It's hard for them to get out and leave. That's the hard well, that's, that they're identified with that. You. Made, well, you made that comment when you were talking on Joe Rogan. You have got to give up your past life to create a new one. Yeah. You know, you, you, and it's tough when you identify this is who I am. This is what I do. I go to the gym. I train. I am, you know, this fighter. To just walk away from it when that makes you a lot of money, yeah. that's a hard thing to do when it comes to that point because there's always that next payday you're looking at. You're always saying, oh, you know, when, especially when you're at Diego's level within the UFC. There's always that next payday, and you know I do. I can I can pay for my you know rent. I can put food on the table. This is what I do, but there comes a point you've got to say, it's over, and wow. I've got to create a new a new beginning. I've got to do something else with my life that that has purpose and makes me happy with what I'm doing. Diego's just got to take the time to sit down and figure out when that time's going to be. Yeah, what everyone needs to, I, I said this I said, again to talk about when I was on Rogan. I said this before. You have to remember as an athlete, you're never going to, you may potentially, but you're right at that moment, you're not going to make what you were making being an athlete. Whether you're an NBA star or about, you know, a football MMA star, it doesn't make a difference. What you made in one fight will probably take you all year now to make. So you have to just set set your, dig your feet in and realize that you can be good at anything. You were good at fighting. Like I said, you've been good at fighting for one or two years. I got pretty damn good at fighting in like two years of training, a year of training. Then I started fighting, and sure, maybe I wasn't a world beater in the beginning, but I was able to get some wins. You can be really good at something in a year or two. Just got to keep going, man. You got you to gotta dig your feet in on something you really want to do and dedicate your time and life to that as much as you did to fighting. Stop going to the gym and training. You don't... <laughs> the gym is not helping you get established no. in something else. And I had to I had to make that decision. And when I made that decision, everything else fell into play. I spent more time at my gym, built up my kids' program. I did all these things that helped bring in and generate money for me. But the difference is you're putting time into other people's performances instead of putting time into your yeah. performance. And that's, you know, if that's the road that you're going to take, great. That's the road you're taking. But you've got to make that decision. Okay, it is no longer about me, the fighter. It's about what can I give? What am I going to do? Yeah. And whatever that is, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the main event. The main event was uh, Blades and... Um, Blades? What's his name? Jan. Jan no, Blades against, against Corey Anderson. <laughs> sorry. I had a total blank. That's all um, right. You look, got hit in the head too many yeah, times. I did. I, do. I have. <laughs> yes, I have. I can blame uh, Tony Ferguson and Gil for that. Um, Blades was only a couple weeks ago. It's all yeah. right. Um, so, so with Anderson, Anderson has this thing where he's wanted the title shot for years, and he's been complaining about it. He's been 
overre like basically like overreacted and saying this is I want to say this is how it all when your focus is not on your your opponent your opponent your it's on somebody on else something else this is what happens you, you get so emotional and you get so caught up in like I deserve a title shot I deserve to be on TV I deserve to be this I deserve to be that and at the end you lose you don't then all the things that you thought you deserved they're no longer there anymore they're not available to you and I've I I will continue to say this no matter what winning solves everything do not stop winning okay you could cheat on your wife. You can do drugs and steroids and do all those things. If you keep winning, these dudes will—they'll keep promoting you. They'll keep making you like Tiger Woods cheated on his wife. People forgot about it as soon as he won Augusta. People—they hit him with a nine iron in the mouth. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> like we see baseball players that got popped for PEDs. No one cared. He hit a bunch of home runs. No one cares. Like you keep winning and they don't care. Just focus on winning, and it doesn't make it like. We can go. I can go on and on and on about fighters and everything else. Just keep winning. Once you keep winning, no one can say shit to you. You'll be you'll be main events. You'll be making money. You'll be fighting it for the title. Whatever it is, win first. Don't worry about all the other shit. Win. That's your job as an athlete. Fucking win. That's it. I can't say it enough. Don't worry about the rest. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think it's that Corey overlooked Jan. I think no. that. He looked at it. I've already fought him once. I beat him, and I took him down at will and elbowed the hell out of him throughout the fight, but he still has John up in that corner of his mind, and he's thinking about John instead of 100% is about what is Jan good at now? Yeah. Where has he changed? Where has he improved that I've got to be a different fighter to beat what he's improved in? And I think that, you know, when, when you saw Jan fight against uh, Luke, you saw some good things from him, and he has improved. He has improved steadily as a fighter. His takedown defense is way better now than it was when he first fought Corey. Uh, he proved that even when he fought you know, Jacare, and his stand-up game is becoming dangerous. He has got a very good counter right hand, and that is exactly what he blasted Corey with, putting him down and you know, finishing him off with a hammer fist. But that counter right hand, he has landed. He landed it against Luke. And when a guy starts to get good at that timing, getting that range and seeing that moment and allowing that hand to go, hey, he becomes dangerous and you've got to be careful of a guy that keeps improving and that's what Lakovitz has done. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he I thought he fought I thought he fought a smart, composed, relaxed fight. He let let Corey try to push the pace on him and he waited for the opportunity and opened up and landed good shots. Yep. Corey didn't he didn't force the takedown enough. I thought he should have been all the way in or all the way out. He was in that range to get hit. Instead of pressing him to the fence, instead of dropping on the legs. He could have he could have fought a little bit of a different fight. It seemed like he was overly, I think I don't want to say overly confident. He just fought a little bit like, oh, I've already beat you, or oh, I can do this anytime. I, he had that that mindset of like, I shouldn't even like almost like I shouldn't even be in here. I should be fighting for the title kind of thing. Like I'm good, I'm good. It just I maybe that's just the way I perceived it. It could be me, but I hate to see that happen. I hate to see guys that they put. And I give you, there was a, a young kid on one of our Euro shows, he, and I, I'll let him remain nameless for Bellator. He and I showed up at the uh, the media scrum, and every and I was just listening to him talk to the media. He's like, the, and he wasn't on the main card, 
and all he did was talk shit. He said, it's fucking bullshit, man. I'm a main event fighter. I should be on the main card. I should be this. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. That. You know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> he complained to every media person that would fucking listen. He complained. So where's his head? And then he went out there and got submitted in the first round. Yeah. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, your mind wasn't even in the fight. Your mind was more worried about what about me, what about me. And that's what happened. I feel like maybe that's a little bit of what happened with, with Corey Anderson. Like, it just... I should be up there for the title. I should be fighting John Jones. I should be doing this. And I'm like, your mind's not in the fight. If you're thinking, you have a huge guy in front of you with big power. You should be focused on that. Let me get this win and I'll worry about the yep. rest. And it just, it didn't happen. And and I hate to see that. I hate to see that because that, that to me is one of those things where no matter what your coaches tell you, no matter, it's already in your mind. This is what's going wrong with me. Like, this is what's, I'm being mistreated. I'm being taken advantage of. I'm this, I'm that. It's always woe is me. And that's not something you can change with. It's, it's something only you can change. It's not something your that's coaches it. and your family and your friends are. It's not something that anybody else can do. It's a mental thing that you need to get through and understand that winning solves everything. You know, and so until he figures that out. I mean, he, he's going to end up, I think, sure, he's talented. Sure, he's fucking really good. He can have, he'll be back, I think, well, right where the, where he'll be at this in this situation. He'll be right back in this situation. He just needs to focus on getting wins, though. But my, my I guess my final thing, my final thought on this is, with that performance, Jan, does he get a title shot, or do we see Reyes and John Jones again? Man, I, I, off of that, I look at it and I think, if you're gonna if you're gonna be honest, you know you, you got to put the guys that you're looking at saying who's got the best chance of dethroning the champ. Who's the guy that's got the best chance to winning that title? Yeah. And who is the hardest competition for the guy who's holding that title? And I think John's hardest competition is Dominic Reyes. Yeah. I think Dominic went out there. Now that doesn't mean that you know. And I will give John complete credit. When he has fought somebody and he goes back and looks at what that person was successful in against him, he does a great job of taking a lot of those tools away in the next match. So it might be that, you know what? He beats Dom handily in the next match like he has done every time he has rematched somebody. But if you're going to, you know, if you put, if you put Jan and Dominic together, you know, right now, in my opinion, Dominic takes that fight every time. Yeah, just the faster, uh, more powerful, uh, just better athlete. Even though you know John didn't want to say he's a good athlete, he's a great athlete, and I think that's the fight to make. It's not that you can't put Jan against a couple of guys in the um, light heavyweight division and see how he does, and then if Jan wins that next one, you know he's he he beat Luke, he just beat Corey, he's right there. I still think that the fight I would rather watch right now, I'd rather watch the rematch with Dom Reyes. Yeah, me too. I think especially with all the controversy surrounding it, I think that's the fight to make. Um, I think, I mean, what do you do next with Jan, though? Like, who does he fight next? Yeah, you know, yeah. That, yeah, well, I mean, you, you, could, you could say a couple of guys in there and stuff, but, you know, Johnny Walker's one that you could put him against and see how that came out because Johnny lost to Corey. Yeah. And it's a it's a question mark. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, or he could just he could sit on the sideline until Dom and John finish their next fight, and then just fight the winner. You know, but I mean, you're looking probably another eight months, nine months out at least. You know, until that fight happens, do you want to sit on the sideline for a year waiting for a title shot? 
Uh, you know, I mean, the Johnny Walker fight's a very dangerous fight, you know, especially him coming off of a loss. Guys tend to reevaluate who they are and, and how they took on how they took on the performance of their fight when they lost, and they make the adjustments and normally come back, especially at a young age. They, they usually come back and a lot stronger, and they make those tweaks and those adjustments through their camp and what they made the mistake of. I think with Johnny Walker, with Anderson, he went in uh, a little overconfident. And when he came in yeah. a little overconfident, got caught, and yep. fight ended quickly. I don't think he'll do that Same with Same thing that just happened to, I think, Corey. Yep. So he'll come yeah. in a little, uh, you know, I think he'll come in a little bit more uh, level-headed, and he'll have a great performance against Jan. I'd like to see that fight. That does make up a good fight. But if you're Jan, you're like, look, I just beat the guy that beat that guy, and yep. I, I don't want to do it. I understand. Totally so. understand that. Totally understand yeah, that, too. I understand that. Was there any other fights on the car that you were interested in? Uh, you know, I thought, um, like I said, I thought Holzman performed really well but the, uh, there was also another dq if yeah. you go back into the uh i didn't that see was, that but go ahead i want to say it was a Var vargas against brock weaver okay. brock weaver is a guy that came off of the dana white contender series real tough dude's got a um, native american background and stuff and you know got taken down but he was doing good stuff off the bottom i would have liked to seen that fight um you know I'd like to see how it would have played out, but the one thing I will say is the knee that he took, you could see how much it affected him. You see a guy getting hit, and you see him flopping over, and he didn't flop over on purpose. He got he got shocked by that knee because he wasn't expecting it. He's not looking for that. It's something he's got to defend against, and so he took a big shot. I would like to see that fight just a redo. Kind of unusual when you get two DQs on the same card for the same foul. That's... That's one you don't see a lot. Are we seeing this because of the rules in uh, they're in Albuquerque, New Mexico? Is that where they were? I, I think what we're seeing is we have this problem in the sport of MMA where we have all of these different rule sets. You know, fighters, you know, it's not like, oh, I live in California, so I only fight in California. Well, I live in New Mexico, I only fight in New Mexico. Yeah. You know, fighters cross state borders, but where they're, they're fighting and where they've come up and now where they're fighting and fighting in the UFC, what rule set am I under? And you, you own, you, whatever you train, you know, I, I always have the thing where I would tell guys, Hey, your body will readily go where your mind's already been. So if you think that you can do something, your body's going to absolutely readily do it as soon as that opportunity presents itself. And then, it doesn't work because you trained to do it that way and now you're in a place with a commission that has a different rule set. We are being so unfair to the fighters. We're being unfair to the fans. We're being unfair to the officials. And this is what happens when government people don't do their goddamn jobs and they sit on their ass or they decide, you know what, I wanna be different, I'm better. No, yeah. you're a douchebag. It's true, though. Here's my rant. I'm no, sorry. No, it's all right. I actually enjoy listening to your rants. I think it's fun because people don't. <laughs> people at home they usually think it's just me going off on rants and um, UFC bashing and this and that. It's nice. To I'm hear not. You. This, this is this, this is a UFC bashing. No, I you know. know. This is what's and nice. Unfortunately, I feel bad for the UFC that they have to put up with this crap. You know, I'll give it to Bellator. Bellator basically only goes to commissions that have one that same one rule set. You know, that's what they've been doing. You know, when they go internationally, they have uh, Mohegan Sun and uh, Missouli is the one who does it. So his is the new rule set. And everything is the same for him all the way around. 
That makes the UFC it a- goes back and forth, so it makes it easier for the Bellator fighters because they're only working with one rule set. But the UFC fighters, they're getting screwed. They so, are just getting hammered. So let's. So the the one rule set is it one hand down? That's the rule set that Bellator uses, correct? Now it's just one hand down, palm or you know palm or fist down. If you have that with your feet on the ground, you're a grounded fighter. Any other part of your body that touches the ground other than your hands or feet makes you a grounded fighter. Your hands don't have to be on the ground. So it's the same as an NFL running back. All right. When you're watching the NFL running back, he's running with the ball and his hand hits the ground. He's still up and going. You, you know, you got to tackle him. As soon as his knee touches the ground, as soon as his forearm touches the ground, his elbow, his butt, you know, even if he's turning and his butt cheek touches the ground he's down right there yeah same with mma good and so then the ufc though the ufc and the other rule set is now it's it was two hands two hands four spots that was what that was what happened with a lot of the commissions that when we went to the new rules and then there was like six or seven oh we're not changing that and then nevada got a little bit different and it just became a mess so now basically everywhere they're all going with one hand, palm down, not bearing weight, palm down, fist down. That makes you a grounded fighter. If you have your feet on the ground, that one hand going palm down makes you a grounded fighter. If any other part of your body touches the ground other than your hands or feet, you are also a grounded fighter. Yeah, that was the rule set. I feel like that was the, that's the that been the rule set forever since I've been fighting. It, well, it, it was close, but it was when you were starting to fight, Back you know, in like I, the look, 20s. Look at, I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the blame for being the guy that got swindled. I was the one that didn't think that fighters, you know, were gonna be smart enough to go. Oh, I've got an idea. When we were doing the unified rules, you know, it was different as far as there was things that were put into the unified rules from the UFC and things that were taken out based upon what we were doing in the UFC at the time, but. When we talked about the grounded fighter, again, you were working with commissions that were used to boxing. So in boxing, if any part of your body, other than the soles of your feet, touches the ground, you are down. So, you know, you and I are are throwing, and I hit you, and you just touch a glove to the ground, that's a knockdown. Even though your body didn't physically touch the ground, your hand touched the ground, that is a knockdown. It's the same as if you went all the way on your butt or face forward, okay? So we try to say, okay, let's, we'll use that and we'll say any part of your body other than your feet that touches the ground makes you a grounded fighter, thinking that a person would put their hand down. And that's what we'd say. And then some people, you know, started saying, well, that's three points of contact. No, there was other ways for you to be down without three points of contact. But we said, okay, that's what it's going to be. And then fighters right away said, I got an idea. I'm going to take this one little finger and I'm going to touch the mat and I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to touch the mat and pick it up, touch the mat, pick it up. And they, and it became a mess. And so then guys like me, I, I came up, I said, all right, I'm telling you, you have to bear weight on your hand. You put your little fingertip down. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to count you as down. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He needs you and you're putting your finger down. I'm guaranteeing you, I'm going to say it's legal. I'm going to, if you are knocked unconscious, I'm going to wake you up and say, what the fuck did I tell you? You lost. All right. So that was then okay, bearing weight. And, you know, Herb used that and Dan and all of them were using that. And then we got into, well, 
who's saying what bearing weight is. One guy's impression of bearing weight is different than another guy's impression of bearing weight. And that's when we went and changed to, all right, the UFC was tired of this whole thing with guys picking their hand up and putting it down. So we went to the, all right, you got to have both. If you're going to be a grounded fighter with your feet on the ground, you've got to put both hands to the ground. And the only reason we said that instead of saying no hands, you have got to put your body on the ground was because, especially with younger fighters, you go into the kicks and a guy's not forward. Normally he catches himself on his hands, almost in a push-up position. And we didn't want a fighter being able to then quickly, boom, they do a nice little up kick on his face when he's in that four-point position. So we said, all right, you can put your hands down. Then fighters decided, I'm going to start to bend over like I'm a horseshoe and put my hands to the ground. That's what Chris Weidman did in the Gegard Mousasi fight. And you go, no, dummy, I am telling you, put your knee to the ground, go on your back, whatever it is. If you, and I would tell guys in the back, if you bend over like you're a you with your feet and hands completely on the ground, I said, I'm going to start to think that you can't intelligently defend yourself, and I'm going to get you out of the fight because you're not fighting smart. If you want to be down, I want to see your hands up to protect your face, and I want you to go down to a knee, go down to your butt. Don't ever put both hands down to the ground. The only time that's good is if you get swept and your hands catch you on the ground to catch your body weight and your fall and pop you right back up. Yeah, the sad part is, is fighters start to think that they're smart. <laughs> we, we start coming up with dumbass ideas like on how we can beat the rules and all it does is fuck us of up. course just fucking fight that's all you yeah. gotta worry about just go out there and try to get the win that's the biggest thing like don't don't like i said winning solves everything don't focus on the little tiny things focus on winning that's it hey we've got some we've got two big cards coming up this weekend for bellator um i've got about 20 minutes before i gotta jump on this conference call but let's talk uh Let's talk Bellator this weekend. The fight, obviously, that I think is going to steal the show. Um, not even so much steal the show. Just the fight with the big name guys, Amosov and Ed Ruth. Hello. I cannot wait You to wish see you were it. doing that fight. I don't know. You? I'll be probably <laughs> fucking, I'll be in uh, Ireland, in Dublin, sleeping at the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna have to set my alarm and make sure I watch it because I cannot, I cannot wait to see that fight. Oh, that fight is so good and there's... I mean, there's so much there that you can look at because Ed Ruth, God damn, he's a good athlete, and God damn, he's a good wrestler, but God damn, he doesn't like to wrestle in an MMA fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's, you know, his stand-up is, is good now. It's, it's good. It's getting better, too. So he's got some to go, but the guy he's fighting, 22-0, and has fought, you know, if you're looking at um, past fights in Bellator, you know, a lot of his fights were in Russia, but a lot his fights in Bellator, you know, he beat Gerald Harris. And at the time, Gerald Harris, I think, was 25 and 6 or 25 and 7, mm -hmm. um, ex-UFC fighter. Beat Eric Silva, you know, ex-UFC fighter. And then, you know, submitted Dave Rickles. And no one submits Rickles. Yeah. You know, he catches Rickles in a Darce and turns it almost into a Japanese necktie as far as the way it was cranking his head. And you look and you go, man. He's good everywhere. He's got really good wrestling. So I'm really intrigued by Ed Ruth, you know, trying to stand up. And I see Amazov trying to, at times, take Ed Ruth down. Because there's one thing I really like about Amazov is he is the complete MMA fight fighter. He does not stand and just trade. 
he will mix things up and make you have to think about defending every part of what MMA is allowed to do. Yeah, Ed's got to make sure he uses he utilizes his boxing to mix it in his wrestling. He's got to even yep. threaten the takedowns. He's got to he's got to be a full complete fighter for this fight for him to win this fight. I agree. Um, he is. I've I've had opportunity to train with him a little bit this camp. Um, he held some mids for him and stuff. Even got a, a couple phone calls. Hey, you can't be doing that. <laughs> it was, uh, no, I mean like he just wanted a different I'm look. You know? you. Yeah, but he no, just you know, it's all good. You could do that. I know. Just to, I I do understand that that part of that that view. But look, the bottom line is is he's Ed's got all the tools, and I think the Jason Jackson cool. fight really woke him up. I he, hope so. Right after that fight. He ended up jumping into Nogi Worlds. He didn't place, but he's a purple belt. And, you know, he's someone that does take the grappling portion of it very serious. He's very good. He just chooses not to grapple when it's fight time. And I've, we've had this conversation and this talk with him, I think, multiple times, especially after the, the Jason Jackson fight. You need to utilize your, not just your wrestling, but your submissions as well. He was one match away from placing as a purple belt in uh, in Nogi Worlds. All he had to do was win one more match. He would have placed third or fourth. That's pretty when impressive. He, ne he, ne he never trains in a gi. Yeah, he ne very if rarely does he train and, in a and gi. If you, don't know, if you don't know how to use the gi or have you know keep someone from using it against you, that takes a ton of effort to try to get past and so he's 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 talented all the way around he easy ed ruth he just fights at that easy pace and he makes you fight his pace normally jason jackson didn't fall into that he put some pressure on him opened up things but i don't think amazon per uh brings the same type of threats that Jason Jackson does. He does, in, not the submission-wise and the wrestling-wise. On the feet, he doesn't either. The speed, the length, the reach, all those things that Ed had a hard time with, Amazon doesn't have. I just, um, I, it's going to be a hard fight, though, because Amazon is just one of those gritty, tough, like Russian-style fighters who just understands the game. That whether it's yep. Sambo style, whether it's uh, his his whole style of fighting has that, like, I can take this fight anywhere. And I've talked about guys that have always been dangerous that way. You know, Khabib stays on his feet. Tony Ferguson stays on his feet. Uh, Patricio Pitbull, you know, those guys, they can take the fight anywhere and they don't care. They don't care if they're on their back. They don't care if they're on top. They don't care, you know, if they're on their feet. They want to fight everywhere. Ed is there. He just doesn't figure it out yet how to mix it all up, whereas Amazov has. He punches really well. The transitions from the yep. stand-up to the feet, from the ground to the to back up to the feet, those transitions he does very well, where I think he's a little bit ahead of Ed. Where Ed, though, I think has the speed. Yeah, I think he may even have the power on the feet to finish uh, to finish Amazov on the feet. He's going to have a hard time, I think, on the ground. Amazov is really fucking good on the ground. Just everywhere on the ground yep. he's good. Yep. But can he get Ed down? You know, and the other thing is, it's a three-round fight. Even though it's even though it's a main event, it's a three-round fight. And I think in a three-round fight, I think it favors Ed. If it was a five-round fight, we saw with the the uh, Neiman Gracie fight. He, you know, he was slowing down. Now he there was some complications. He went to a different camp that fight and just didn't get the work that he needed to at a different camp. Ended up coming back up to AK, and now he's here full time. So I think in shape wise, he'll be he'll be good for three uh, three good hard rounds. And, uh, you know, but can Amosov get him tired? That's the thing. Amosov is one of those guys. He just, he'll keep pushing and keep pushing. He'll try to break you immensely, not just mentally, but physically as well. That fight is really exciting to me. As far as the Dublin card, I was really excited for the Primus and Queeley fight. I was, yeah, that was away. the fight I wanted to see. And then that fight went away. But, but Bumgard. But. They took put, that fight. They put my Scottish friend in there. Okay. Bumgard now is in there. Man. I cannot wait to see that fight. That fight to me has excitement written all over it. But 
Primus has the highest level of competition with Chandler twice, a couple other top guys. You know, I just that level. Primus has proved himself. Yeah, man. he's good, man. I just would like to see him fight more often. That's what gets yes. That's, that's always that's my whole thing with him. Seven fights in seven years just doesn't do it for God, me. <laughs> doesn't man, do it for he's me. He's the one fight a year king. Yeah, and he's good. It's I mean, crazy. He's good. Um, he's got all the tools to beat Bungard. He's, I think, he's better than him on the ground. I think he's better than him on the feet. He's got really good leg kicks. Bungard has a hard time checking leg kicks. Look, but Bungard though, every time I had ruled him out when I was first watching his fight, he finds a way to win and he gets it done, man. He gets it done. I'm excited to see that fight. That's a good fight. I was a little upset too. I also think that the fight, um, geez, what well, I'm trying to remember uh, who he's fighting. Ah, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Sorry. Uh, Ricky Medejas is fighting. Ah, it's right on the tip of my tongue. That fight to me, though, is going to be a great fight. I'm just, oh, man. I feel is like now, now I got one in Ireland. also want to see uh, Big Daddy Kiefer. He keeps yes. getting better and better, and I, I just want to see the progression that he's making. He's exciting. He's yep. fun to watch. He's he's a guy that goes after it in the fight, so I'm looking forward for that one. But in in uh, mine, the Thackerville card, not only do I have that Ed Ruth versus Yaroslav, co-main is Miles Jury against Brandon Gertz, and Gertz puts on a show yeah. every time he fights. And yeah. I love the way, you know, Jury is just, he's really good. He just doesn't fight enough either. But he seems to be, you know, coming off a loss to Benson Henderson. But then also heavyweight Tyrell Fortune, the Ooh. guy who you are going to see Going for that championship belt soon. The guy I have said, you know what? This is the future. Great wrestling. Now he's got great stand-up. He likes to stand and bang. He's got power. He's got movement. He's got the entire package. And he is in that perfect heavyweight category as far as he's about 245 pounds. Strong, fast, can wrestle. He's got it. Yeah, I'm excited because he's been working with um, with uh, Ryan Bader. Tyrell yep. Fortune, and I talked to a couple guys at, at the kids Pan Ams down there when I was coaching up our kids here from from my gym at kids Pans. I ran into a couple of the coaches there at Bader's place, and he's like, "Man, you guys don't get it. Tyrell Fortune's the future. He's just yep. he's just the future. He's so talented, so good, and everyone keeps talking about him. Like, all right, man, I I, I see it. I see the progressions in him all the time. Sorry, guys, I'm trying to figure out because it's gonna bug me." <laughs> gonna really bug me on on who he's fighting it's bad it's bad that i didn't pay attention i, I saw who ricky's was fighting and i can't remember ricky uh it's franz miamba oh miamba that's it yes yeah, so out, out of sbg yes out of sbg and the kid yeah. is phenomenal man it just absolutely good, that's so be a good, good. that to me is gonna be they're both long and lanky tall big for the weight they're just, exactly the same they're exactly the same i think ricky's got a little bit of the edge on the grappling part but he's gonna have a harder time getting franz down because franz understands he's really good at takedown defense but he's very well rounded as well kind of fights a little bit like ed ruth kind of like lulls you in just really calm and composed lets you kind of bring yep. the fight to him and he just bop bop touches you and just keeps getting to you i'm like man i was when i first started watching his fights i'm like oh, he's not that impressive he's not that impressive and then i see him oh, no, fight in person i'm like wow this kid's really damn good he is good and he just keeps knocking guys down he's keep beating them and i'm like all right so when he put him against ricky i was like how is this fight not on the main card so I just it was it was one of those fun. I'm surprised they didn't bump him up when they lost the main event, you know, because Ricky coming off Rick, Ricky had that win over uh, James Gallagher. When I was like, man, this is a perfect place for you guys to stir the pot a little bit, throw some Ricky in there. <laughs> but 
Um, overall, I think we're stacked. Friday night is Thackerville. Saturday night is uh, Ireland and Dublin. And the stars will be out. From what I understand, everyone will be out there in, uh, in Dublin just rocking the house. I cannot... Oh, Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Anyways, all right. That's the last you'll ever hear me sing, hopefully, luckily for you guys. Um, look, I'm, I'm excited. I leave tomorrow. You you leave tomorrow or you leave Wednesday? No, I leave Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, you're lucky, man. You just got to go yeah. right down the road. I, got the sh- I, I go blip. It's easy. You yeah, got the long haul. I got the long haul, man. That's what they do to us young people. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to do it to someone, do it to the young guy. Yeah. Give the old guy the break. Well, I know. I got to find my passport. Shit. <laughs> just all right so hey guys uh anything else anything else john no man you know uh, i get to be with moro ronaldo you get to be with mike goldberg have a great time have a great show and yep. i will see you when you come back i've got goldie i've got dave farrar who's our european guy as well so uh, i've got both those guys they'll be they'll this is they get to dude, rotate you, dude that's a lot of weight to carry right there. they get to rotate i have to be the steady guy that goes oh, the whole yeah, time yeah. i'm like you guys come on they man they can't take they can't take the whole thing man they're old 21 (laughs) fights man 21 fights enjoy i think you guys had you guys had a fight that fell off i think you guys are at like 17 oh i know we had steve maury against uh, shafroth i wanted that fight that's it that would have been a good fight shafroth that would have been good man yeah shafroth on the feet on the feet shafroth's got the edge on the ground maury's got the edge that's a yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah, I, I talked to uh, I think I talked to Rich yesterday, and Rich was telling me that they're looking to try to get that fight rescheduled as soon as possible. So yeah, I feel I feel like the Cal Eleanor and James Gallagher fight is falling into that Tony and Khabib type. Status. It, it is the Tony Khabib one. Maybe obviously not at the same level, but no. God dang, it's one of those ones. It's a great fight. And yeah. it just cannot happen. They both get injured different times. Yeah. It's not happening. Hopefully we'll get that together. I'm, I'm hearing that maybe it might be like on a on a, another Euro show here pretty shortly. So we'll see. Hopefully it all holds up good. All right. So hey, Josh the Punk Thompson, hit me up at, at the. I always say at. I don't know why I gotta say at. Say the real Punk on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. Okay, and Big John McCarthy, John McCarthy MMA, correct? Thank you, sir. Thank John you. John McCarthy. I love that sweater, by the way. That's uh, where'd you get it? Hey, man, Army West Point. Mike Beltran. Jeez, man. This I love is it. Mike Beltran's son. Mikey is at West Point. He's in uh, the academy right now. And so I am representing Mike Beltran Jr. being a cadet. <laughs> uh, he's a big boy, so I can imagine everybody else oh, is yeah. a junior and compared a good to wrestler. him. Yes, he's a good awesome. wrestler, man. Tough kid. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in, you guys. Thanks. And Podcast Dave. It's Podcast Dave, right? I thought you weren't going to say it anymore. Well, I thought I'd, we're trying to get you 2,000, buddy. 2,000 <laughs> followers. If you guys are following Podcast Dave, you guys got to follow gotta him. Got to follow Podcast yeah. Dave. When, like I said, when he met me, he only had ten, uh, eight, eight followers. Don't worry about the and mean look he has on his picture. Yeah, he tries to act like I, he's I've actually gone backwards on followers since I started hanging out with you. No, really. Damn. So I think that's not. That's definitely not true. Oh, <laughs> but we were going to talk uh, real, just real quick because I got to go. Uh, real quick. The uh, pro wrestling, say it to oh, me. Oh, so yeah. we have our shirts, the ones that I made for your show with Joey Diaz and my show with jo- yes, Joe Rogan. We made those now. Uh, so pe- people can buy them. Uh, you can buy that weighing in shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Josh Thompson official. And okay. there are other stuff on there, but um, the weighing in shirt is also there as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, you guys buy those weighing in shirts. We would really appreciate it. Once you guys rock in our gear for a little bit, John and I are trying to with produce a podcast, Dave. We're trying to come up with some new logos to get us out there more. So if you guys can, uh, if you guys have any logos, you guys would like to come up with concepts or anything, kick them off to us. Uh, what's the email they can email to? 
Well, yeah, so, um, uh, no, it was a, co- should, it was a contest email. Your... Yeah, but you can just uh, forward any content at Podcast Dave on IG, and then, I, and then I'll just filter it that That's way. That's a good way of getting people to follow you. Smart thinking, buddy. Smart. Nice I, job, I don't care Dave. what they say about Scottish people. You guys sometimes use your brain. So, <laughs> uh, okay, is there anything else? Are we good? That's it, baby. All right, my man. Hey, safe travels. Have a good trip. Safe travels you, and man. have fun. And uh, I know you're going to rock it, man. You always do. I'll talk to you later, bud. See you later, man. Later, man. Bye.